Ladies and gentlemen, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and wherever you are in the world, and whenever you are tuning into this video, my name is James Porcelli. I'm Brian Thomas. And welcome to another very special edition of Ruthless Talk. Your favorite dynamic duo is back. Brian, back welcome again. back to the back show, again. man. Welcome back. How are you, my man? How have you been? Uh, doing doing better, man. Doing good. Uh, yeah, good to be back, man. Um, yeah, no doubt, man. Excited, excited to be back here talking about it. Yep. Yeah, glad to have you back, man. I think it's been, what, about a good... I think we just talked about it before we got on yeah, here, about six... Month and a half, six to eight weeks or something like that, man. So freaking, you know, it's it's been lonely over here, man. You know, I don't mind, you know, doing the shows by myself, but I'm man, like, all right, man, like we got to get some. I need my I need my co-host back on the show, man. So it's good, it's good to have you back, bro. It really is good to have you back. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of listeners that are good that are you know happy to have you back as well as we're going to be kicking things into kicking things into right right depending depending on what kind of audience we're drawing in, right? But no, but it is but it is good to have you back, man. I know at least our core audience right our core audience that's been here you know since the start since we started uh, this platform uh, I'm, I'm i'm sure is definitely excited to have you back man as we're going to be kicking things into high gear there's a lots of juicy stuff coming up of course we got survivor series we got crown jewel this weekend which make sure you guys stay tuned uh, for crown jewel review this weekend we'll be talking all about that and the good and the bad and the ugly again we have survivor series coming up as well as the royal rumble we got wrestlemania that's good wrestlemania season is going to be right around the corner so a lot of good fun stuff man so before we get into today's show uh lots to dissect it's been almost for a couple of days since our last episode uh which i talked about uh smackdown uh, Friday night SmackDown review. If you guys haven't checked that out, make sure you guys go check that out right now. Uh, but before we dive into today's show, because there is a lot to get to, I do want to make a quick little announcement. You know, I've been teasing this announcement. You guys have seen a- across our social medias and all that fun stuff. Um, so coming up for this Survivor Series, this will be a week before uh, Thanksgiving, week before Thanksgiving. This will be November 18th. This will be Ru- the first ever Ruthless Talk round table that's right a ruthless talk round table it's going to be me it's going to be brian and a bunch of other content creators that i have had the pleasure of meeting on tiktok and all other social media platforms all of those people and i'll tag all those people and make sure you guys stay tuned to find out who those people are going to be but we're going to be uh promoting them on social media so make sure you guys go check them out uh check out on our instagram tiktok and all of that fun stuff. So that'll be on November 18th. We'll be around that time frame to when that episode comes out. So that's going to be a lot of fun, man. We'll be talking Survivor Series, talking about the build of Survivor Series, the matchups, some predictions, some good fun yeah, stuff, yeah. man. Some good conversations, some good debate. Again, these are a lot of people that I've had the pleasure of meeting, you know, uh, through TikTok and other social media platforms since we've had this, uh, since we've been doing episodes, since we've been doing these podcasts. So that's going to be a lot of fun, man. So make sure you guys stay tuned for the first ever Ruthless Talk Roundtables. There'll be plenty more to come as well for Royal Rumble. Uh, there's going to be plans to do one for, for WrestleMania sure, as well. Yeah, definitely WrestleMania. There's no doubt there'll be one for WrestleMania. <laughs> uh, but definitely, yeah, but but stay tuned, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, the first ever Ruthless Talk Roundtable. That is November 18th, a week before Thanksgiving. So mark your calendars for that. So with that announcement being said, let us dive straight into the show. So the first topic that we have for the show uh, is Monday Night Raw. And this will obviously not a full review since, you know, there is some stuff that we also want to dive into later on. 
uh, but mostly just of the raw rating as well as the show overall. And of course, you know, since Halloween was this past week. So, Brian, you know what this show was. Whenever there's a holiday edition of Monday Night Raw, you know exactly what that means, especially when it's Halloween, right? You're going to see people fight in a tricker street fights. Freaking gimmick city, bro. Exactly, man. Exactly. You have freaking, you know, freaking kendo sticks that look like candy corn, freaking people bobbing for apples. And you know, (laughs) because WWE's done this so many times, somebody's going to have a pumpkin get thrown onto their freaking head. And that was Chelsea Green this past monday oh, yeah. and it was just a fucking circus fest and brian and i'm sure you've listened to me over since you've been gone i'm sure you've listened to me talk yeah, about yeah. freaking monday night raw and just how redundant lazy that's an emphasis i want to put on is freaking lazy and just how everything just feels the same run the just the show how it runs the same and nothing is nothing's getting accomplished And nothing got accomplished in a holiday, Halloween edition, whatever you want to call it, with two women who are your champions, by the way, in this tag women's tag division in this trick or street fight. Like, guys, listen, I get it. It's a yearly tradition, even like, bro, like commentated comment, like Michael Cole and freaking Wade Barrett. They couldn't even take that shit seriously. They're just like, guys, it's, it's, it's once a year. Just bear with us, man. Like they were laughing. They couldn't take this shit seriously, bro. Like, honestly, look, Ryan, I get it. It's like, oh, people want to have a good time. It's just like get people to get smiles on people's faces. Right, guys. I'm going to say this once. Get rid of it because it is like, please, it is not doing anything for your talent. It's just embarrassing them, and it's not accomplishing anything just to get a quick little laugh. It's just, it's just fucking dumb. It, it's so, it's the most childish humor that just, that just turns everybody off and just wants to turn off to the freaking World Series or freaking Monday Night Football. And we're gonna get into the rating in just a second. But Brian, um, like I said, I know you've heard me <laughs> freaking ranter and rave about Monday Night Raw as of late for justified reasons, but. But the floor is yours, man. I don't know how much you were able to watch of Raw, but just, you know, your thoughts about Raw last last uh, or this past Monday and the last several weeks since you've been gone. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I, I've actually, you know, intentionally tried to, you know, in, the, in this time I was, you know, away from the show, I haven't really, up until last week, you know, really started watching like a full show, you know, all the way through. Um but you know, I, I I hear you with with the with the raw stuff, you know, and the, you know, we'll get it. Um, shit, even at Survivor Series, uh, there's going to be something Thanksgiving turkey related, you know, Christmas as mm-hmm. well. Um, yeah. And you know, yeah, it is what it is. It's your, it, it's going to happen every year. And the the only. Yeah, just to play devil's advocate for a sec, the only, as an adult, even as a, as a teenager or as a young adult, older adult, whatever, yeah, this is, it's all silly nonsense and you want to, you want to see the, you know, the stories continue, not have some pumpkin head match, that means nothing, um, but I will say in the hopes, right, because this is still to some degree geared towards children in some manner. And in the hopes that it's something like that, like a, a Halloween edition, a Christmas edition, something out of the ordinary that that for whatever reason just clicks with that kid, and then just you know, then their you know fandom of wrestling evolves. 
I mean, I imagine to some degree that's the intention behind all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I'll give them a pass to some degree, but yeah, it, it's silly. It's, it's nonsensical. It's, um, <laughs> it, it is what it is, as I say. Right. And, and, and you have a point in regards to that, but here's also my rebuttal to that. And, and, and cause the thing was with WWE, like that's what they try to do a lot is like, they pretty much, oh, yeah. they book these shows in regards to like, like their main audiences, kids, when it's actually the complete freaking opposite, you know, are there some, be, right. It should it's, be, I think the age, their target audience should be a little bit elevated. You know, right. That's exa- exactly. They yeah. think that their main, it's like they're, they're, the bulk of their shows or how they're booking these shows, especially how these shows in full feel. It's like you would think that they're trying to tell a story to a toddler, like to a right. freaking kid. Right. When in reality, like majority of your audience are well above the age of 15, 16 or higher. Uh, you know, I mean, are there kids 18 to 35 year old males? That's, right. That's Ex- your demographic. That's your demographic. Exactly. Yeah, so listen, right. are there maybe a few younger, younger fans yeah. that are watching the show? Sure. But is that the majority of your fan base? No. <laughs> so that's what I mean. So if you're trying to please a younger, a younger audience, a younger toddler generation of fans, then like, what about the majority of your demographic that are just like, right. okay, how many times do I need to see a person get placed with a pumpkin over their head? How many times do I need to see a bunch of candy corn fucking kendo sticks and just all of this circus run of the muck bullshit? It's just, it's right. fucking stupid. Like how many times, like, bro, it's like, it's this, it's not like there's anything new. Like, it's like, you've seen one trick or street fight or whatever, like, or uh, night or whatever they call it for Christmas, some other type of street fight, but I'm forgetting the uh, name. But like, you've... Nightmare Before Christmas fight or some shit. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's like, you've seen them all. Night of the Living there's... Dead. Yeah. Right, there's <laughs> nothing to, like, bro, like, I went into this street fight. I saw, like, they were promoting the street fight. I'm like, I'm like, I was like, okay, there's going to be, they're going to bring out some, like, candy corn. They're going to bring out some apples. They're going to dunk people's heads in, in water. And I, and I also said this to myself before the show star i'm like someone's gonna get a pumpkin placed over their head because it's it's easy it's easy booking because they've done it before and i just i can't stand and and this is kind of just the overall gist of the show and brian i'll get back to you in just a second it's just it's just they keep doing the same thing because it's easy right you see the judgment day open the show and close the show now, do I mind that? No, I actually don't mind that because I actually like the Judgment Day. But the problem is, is that what they're doing as a faction is not getting better. They're not doing anything different. They're just doing the same thing with people like Sami Zayn, with people like Cody Rhodes. And now you're adding Jey Uso into the fray, right? And then I got, I got some other stuff that I want to talk about. But yeah, Brian, you're, I, know, <laughs> I know there's been a definitely, there's been a lot of talk, not just with me, but a lot of other wrestling content creators about the Judgment Day and how... Truly, I feel and I know a lot of other people feel like they're just being overly exposed because they're in all of these segments and it's not benefiting them at all because they just keep doing the same thing, right? It's just like watching another show of Friends or freaking Law and Order. It's just like there's nothing different. You know, we, we freaking, yeah. they're going to try to recruit same, members same of the judge. Same type crime, same type. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like freaking Rhea Ripley and same all these thing. people, they try to recruit members of the judge. They try to recruit members to their faction. Freaking, they're going to have a singles matchup that leads to something from the opening segment of the show and nothing gets accomplished. 
Nothing. N- nothing about what the Judgment Day has been doing as much as we like the Judgment Day. I've spoken so heavily about the Judgment Day ever since freaking Edge left the group and you had Finn Balor come into the fray and then Dominic not uh, not, you know, after that, you know, a few months prior to that or after that. And but but ever since then, man, like they they just feel stale. Like, their act is just so boring, and it's just so fucking horrible. Well, let me first go back to uh, Chelsea Green, man, because, I, again, I, you know, I, I still, you know, I, I turned back on, and now I didn't see the whole match, but did her and, um, and uh, oh, shit, why can't I think of her name now? What, what's her tag partner? Piper uh, Niven. Piper Niven. Piper Niven. Mm-hmm. Did they, in this match, did they go out as the Hart Foundation? Because I saw this the, this clip, They did. Which I'm sure many... They they did and actually oh, and hey props right that was a good looking costumes so I will <laughs> yeah. that was yeah, that was a good look I mean, that was a good know, look yeah I just, so I had saw seen this little clip of you know I guess them backstage you know obviously dressed in the garb and shit and I just thought it was good man so shout out to them mm-hmm. um, I didn't see mm-hmm. that match per se but again it's just the the create I just love what Chelsea Green has been doing for for I don't know probably closing in on the better part of a year now I guess. Yeah. Um, and and to the Judgment Day, um, again, not. I haven't followed it as closely, and so I'm. I can't really speak to, like, because I know they've been trying to to recruit. You know, it, it was Jay, it was Drew, it was Seth. You know, in all different. So I'm not exactly sure where that story is right now, or or, or what avenues they're going. So I, I can't really speak a lot of, you know, to that, but I, I definitely hear your point about getting stale. Cause I, honestly, uh, the, the little uh, clip that I did see or a little segment that the judgment day had when, um, Rhea was just talking it. Yeah. That's the, that's what I thought. It was just stale. It was flat up until I guess it was Sami Zayn's music hit. And she's like, God damn it. <laughs> like up until that point, like it was just the same old, same old shit. And, yeah. and I've spoke, I, I, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. I've, we've spoken to this many times over, but man, the, the way Ray Rio was built to, to become the champion as opposed to what it's been since she's become the champion. I mean, I like this, this, this part where she's essentially the leader of the judgment day. I, I would say, Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I do like that, but as far as her in like wrestling matches and defending her title and feuds between her and ex opponent, it's been little to nothing. So yeah, man, I hear you. Yeah, it, it's just and it sucks because, like I said, man, like the Judgment Day have truly become like I mean, Damian Priest, like from when he before he started this whole Judgment Day shtick, like his. His stock has evolved when they formed. Freaking oh, yeah. Dominic Mysterio, yeah. freaking Finn Balor, and Rhea it's Ripley. Every one stays, of them. Yeah. And it just yep. sucks that now they're they're supposed to be thriving, right? They're supposed to be thriving. They're supposed to be the best thing in this company. At least that's what WWE is trying to book them as such because they're in every single segment. And they're in every single... Yeah, yeah, they are. And that's the thing. Like they're, they're trying to, they're they're trying to feed you that the judgment day are this or that important to the company. And that's totally fine. Like, trust me, I've, I have no issue with that. 
but you got to think outside of the box than just, oh, let's try to recruit this member that we know a hundred times over that they're not going to be joining the freaking group. Like, let's also put them in another six-man tag that we've seen week after week after week after week. It just and, and no and nobody's gonna care about what the judgment day are doing at that point. And when they do split up, because I'm sure that's gonna come at some point, like who's truly gonna care about it? Because everybody's just gonna be tuned out by the time that split does happen. Just quick question, and I, I should know this, but Dom's still the North American champion of NXT, right? So yes, so he actually yeah, so okay. he lost so he lost the championship to Trick Williams. This was back at NXT No Mercy and then he won the title back on a random Tuesday night on on NXT. So he's pretty much a two-time North American champion now. So he lost it and then he won it back, you know, so that I've spoken if people people I'm sure have, have heard me talk <laughs> about that shit. I'm not even going to get into Dominic and holding on an NXT championship. Word, that's word. just that's yeah. just freaking weird, but but Obviously, it's we all know that that's pretty much a main issue with with Monday Night Raw. I mean, you've heard me spoke about it. I'm sure a lot of people have heard many things about what people have said about it. But then there's more issues. So let me get into this rating because I do want to talk about this rating. So last week they were at 1.4 million. Uh, this uh, 1.476 to be exact. This week went all the way down to 1.391. So 1.39 million. From from just from just this past week, so that's the thing, man. A bad rating, bro, is a bad freaking rating. And you know, you can give me Monday Night Football, you can give me the World Series, like that doesn't fucking matter to me, and it shouldn't really matter to you either. Because the thing is, man, and this is what we talked about in regards to the ratings war, right? It regardless of you know if you're a sports fan or whatever, if something is that interested. Right. And let's say if you are watching right Monday night football, right, Brian, let's say if you're watching the Baltimore Ravens face whoever on a Monday night and you got Monday night raw on the same day. And let's say freaking Cody Rhodes is is in a tremendous storyline with the judgment day. Right. Let, let's just play fantasy here. Right. And, and yeah, but yeah. and you want to and when a commercial hits your man like, man, I got to tune over to see what Cody Rhodes is doing because I can't miss a single minute of what this this story is going to lead to. Right. But if you look at ratings too, Brian, and I've spoken about it, people are not even switching back over to Monday Night Raw because you've said it yourself as well. There's no there's no urgency from this company to make you to make fans even want to care nor switch back over to this to, to the USA network. And it's just like what like what is there to miss out? It's just like, oh, there's a trick or street fight. Yeah, let me go back over to Monday Night Football because it's a really good game right now. And I'm not missing over to Monday Night Raw. I can catch the highlights. I can just catch it on DVR. That's the problem. There's no urgency for people to flip back on that last button, right? The last button that's on your TV remote to go back over to the USA Network. And part of it is a few things. Obviously, it's the Judgment Day. But also, there's other two things. And I'm going to get to the Creed Brothers because the Creed Brothers debuted on NXT or from NXT, as you guys know them from NXT. They were in a match with Alpha Academy. Now, here's the problem. Alpha Academy and Creed Brothers, you're thinking, okay, good match. This is going to be entertaining. But guys, like, here's another thing. And you've and we've seen this a lot too, Brian. Faces versus faces. Heels versus heels. Gunther versus Bronson Reed. Why? <laughs> like, I, it doesn't make any 
fucking sense to me how this company just wants to say, you know what, F it. It doesn't matter if a if an antagonist is facing another antagonist. As long as the match is great and we get a good pop from the crowd and we all pop, then it's it, it's all peaches and cream, right? But what is that doing for Bronson Reed? He got less of a reaction this week than he did freaking last week or two weeks ago when he was in that title match. That title match did nothing for him, and it's clear as day now. So what is the point? And even for Gunther, like Gunther's been in all these matches, and yeah, I mean, they're they're really good banger matches, if you want to call them that, but can we give, like, we're wasting these dudes' title reigns against other heels. Like, this dude's about to face, what, the freaking Miz? Oh, like, oh, James, but he's about to turn freaking face. Well, my rebuttal is, why? <laughs> why are, Why is there a need to just turn the Miz baby face when all you got to do is just make him a really good heel? And he did that against LA Knight not too long ago. So why is there this dramatic change to turn the Miz face? And even if you're trying to turn the Miz face, it wasn't done properly. And that's just confusing the fuck out of your audience. I mean, guys, go back and watch the show. If you listen to the crowd, dude, there was a lot of people that when you can see from the crowd as well, people were so confused. They didn't know who to cheer for. It's like, okay, you got the Miz, who's this loudmouth idiot. Yeah. And then you got Gunther, who's the diabolical hero. Who do you cheer for? But it doesn't matter, though, Brian, because all it's about is the work rate, how many matches you're putting on, and the mutual respect, because that's what the Creed Brothers and Alpha Academy did. Isn't it weird, Brian? I'm going to send this off to you. Is, like, do you find it weird? And I don't. again, I don't know how much professional wrestling you have been able to watch since you've been gone, but we've just been seeing like a lot of handshakes, like a lot of mutual respect between after a grueling competitive matchup. It's just like... It's just weird. Now, does that ha now does that have a place? Sure, but when you ram it into the dirt because you've seen it from so many other individuals, like what are we doing here? Y you know what I'm saying? Like we we saw it from freaking like we like just last week or not too long ago. We see Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, uh, freaking Jay Uso, and Cody Rhodes have a brueling tag match, and they're all just shaking hands when the show fucking ends. It's like, what, what is that making me, making me want to tune in next week? N nothing. It's doesn't like, it's so, it's redundant. Everything is either redundant or it gets shoved into the dirt to where it overly exposes what you're trying to do. You know, as far as, well, The Miz, right? <laughs> What's his catchphrase, phrase, right? Uh, must see, the most must see superstar, must see TV, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can only look at it from my perspective and, and the amount of, of wrestling and that there are different eras, you know, that I've, I've seen. And I mean, from, I, I don't have the exact statistics, but I'd say probably from like 96 to 99, that's what Monday night was, must-see TV, above the World Series, above football, everything, right? It, it didn't matter. Um, uh, that was, I mean you know, frankly, like nationwide, I mean, I, you know, I don't know what the, the ratings were, 8 million, 10 million, uh, you know, I don't know. Um, and can it ever get back to that? I don't know. <clears throat> um, but it can definitely be better than this. And, and, and look, as far like, we're still, we're still human beings, right? You think of, of shows like, I can even remember back, you know, 20 years ago, right? The Wire, uh, the HBO show. Like, for me, that was, and for a lot of people, especially in that region, 
that was must-see TV, right? Every for, – for that hour, every uh, Sunday or whatever it came on, that's what it was. So things have the potential to, to be that. But, yeah, you, you got you to gotta give us a reason to. You got to – and mm-hmm. all of it, all of that, right? The, whether it's a, a TV show, a Breaking Bad, a Lost. I know that's probably a little before you, but that was a nationwide phenomenon, right? Like everybody had to watch Lost. Um, so things like that can happen. Um, it's just a matter of, again, all those things are character story driven. That's why people tune in to watch. And until you do that on a consistent basis of, of high quality shit, <laughs> high quality H2O, um, you know, that's, you're going to get the million, you know, a million and a half, a, a 900,000 or, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but then going on, you know, specifically about some of the wrestlers. Yeah. That Miss thing. Um, I mean, I always, and I think any ob- objective wrestling fan would probably agree. He's, he's much better heel than he ever was a face. Um, so yeah. Is it necessary? You know, why? Um, I don't have any names off the top of my head, but you know, as far as the next challenger for Gunter, uh, there, there's no other face, you know, that you can even start yeah. to build or, or give a shot rather than turning Miz face, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, what was the other, the other, uh, there was some other, um, oh, the Creed Brothers. And the Creed Brothers and Alpha Academy, and yeah. Because, yeah, you know. man, freaking Chad Gable, man, after that icy title match, man, is really catching steam, bro. He's back with the Alpha Academy, yeah, and yeah. Tazawa's joined them, bro. Uh, the comedy, the comedy <laughs> shtick himself, Tazawa. So, so that whole loss from Chad Gable, he now, his payoff is just to receive L after L, and just and to receive another L from the Creed brothers, and on top of that, let's give you Akira Tozawa to make you look more even like schmucks, to look more like a bunch of comedic freaking jobbers. Right. Right. Like it's just it's so after, it's after you just had these you know the you know the matches with Gunter right after just on the heels of that, now you're doing comedy shit. And, and you know, again, wrestling—it's—it's—it's it's, it's never about like who earned it, who deserves it, who whatever. Yeah. But like, I mean, damn, like how how do you just do a one eighty like that with somebody that is is getting steam and can and mm-hmm. can be a singles superstar? You know. But just just to wrap things up, man, I'll wrap this up with with the with the Creed brothers because there was also like a lot of video packages. Right, a lot of video packages, and hey, I love a good video package. Yeah, Drew McIntyre yeah. had a I've good video package more of that in both companies. Yeah, yeah. And now, now here, now here's where I have a positive and negative about this. Video packages, vignettes, freaking love them. I freaking love them. That's good character development. Drew McIntyre had a good freaking uh, had a good freaking uh, video package about Seth Rollins and his story about facing. Um, you know, winning the championship during the pandemic, thought it was really, really solid. But then there were like six, seven other video packages <laughs> in that in that same show, Brian. I think what was it? Candice right. LeRae had a video package. Zia Lee had a video package. The Creed Brothers had a video package. It's like, bro, again, same as Oprah, the roll up. Oprah showed up. Yeah, right. You can. Yeah, you. You get a. You get a high package. You get a high package, Brian. You get a high package. Freaking, you know, everyone else watching this video here, you can get a high package too. 
It's just like again, it's yeah. the same thing with the roll up. We've talked even the super kick. I've spoken about the super kick and how overly exposed it is. And you, at least for last night or or Monday night on Raw, they overly exposed the fuck out of those video packages, bro. To where, listen, you know, people will say like, oh, well, what's wrong with that? Well, what's wrong with that is that, okay, you put a really good video package with Drew, but then you did another video package for six, seven other individuals. Who's going to remember them? Nobody, <laughs> right? Like, that's the thing. Like, bro, and I just spoke about this too, like- People like Razor Ramon. Razor Ramon, Brian, was was so, was already That's so arguably the best ever. Arguably Razor Ramon was so fucking over before he yep. even debuted because of the vignettes and the video packages before he even arrived to the fucking show. The Wyatt family, bro. The Wyatt family to me and I know a lot of fans were they were so over because of those video packages about that they're coming and the threats that they would make and doing all this supernatural shit. And then when they came yeah. onto the scene, bro, it was must see, no pun intended to the miss, but like, that's what you do. But when you do Undertaker. it for every individual Undertaker. Undertaker, absolutely. So good for drew. It was probably the best video package out of everyone else. So good for drew. But what about all these other cheap, lazy video packages that you did for Zia Lee, for Candice LeRae? It's like, make it make sense. Right. Or, or if you're going to take the time to do that for your talent, which absolutely do that, but then space it out so that it's important for them and help right. them. Absolutely. Just to be like, oh, what, Zia Lee had a video package? Yeah, I, don't, <laughs> I don't remember. Right, yeah, it, and it connects to your fan base because they're like, "Oh shit, this person feels important. This this person looks really badass in this video package. I want to see yeah. more of this person." You did not get that from the Creed brothers. You didn't get that for Zia Lee, as badass as I believe Zia Lee is, and how tremendous Zia Lee is as a talent. It was so good to see yeah. her on television. I feel like she's been on a milk carton for fucking months. Freaking, you know, looks. I have respect for Candice LeRae. And I have respect for all these other five or four women that are going to be involved in this fatal five-way match at Crown Jewel. Nothing but love and respect for them. But ask yourself this, man. Are you going to remember these video packages? The answer is no. If you want it to be special, you don't ram it into the dirt. You make it right. special. You don't do it for every single one of your stars. It's just... Uh, that's just it, man. And you know, and that's, it's just everything, man. And that's the thing about this company, bro. Redundancy, redundancy, yeah. laziness, and nothing gets accomplished. And that's, that's pretty much Monday Night Raw as, as a whole. Shout out to the reference of the Razor Ramon vignettes, man. Those, those are Hey, I told those, you, bro. I, I told, mean... I, I always say this, man. <laughs> I'm, I may be a guy that grew up in the early 2000s, man, but I'm telling you, I know about Razor Ramon. I, I've, I've, what, I've looked back and watched shit like that, man. And I'm telling you, I look back and watch of, I look back and watch old stuff, Brian, than I do like honestly than most of today. Honestly, like I go back and watch so many times about the Bray Wyatt vignettes like we just talked about. I've went back and watched Razor yeah, Ramon and his yeah. sticks and stuff. You know, freaking all this stuff, man. You know, and granted, do I do I do I think that there's still some good in this in today's wrestling? Sure. But man, yeah. like back in the day, bro, things made sense. You were connected, you were intrigued, and everything was done right, bro. 
that's that's and that's it. Even even, th- even think about something as simple as this, right? Like Kevin Nash, right? Who went on to be, you know, NWO Kevin Nash and you know, Big Sexy, Wolfpack, all that, right? In WWE, his name was Diesel. It was just his gimmick was a fucking semi truck. You know, honk honk, like rock, you know. But he it worked, right? Because it was the the what he did with it, right? And his how he could make that work yeah. because it was a character. Mm-hmm. Right? As something something as simple as that. A fucking semi truck. That's your gimmick. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's the little things, so, bro. Yeah. It's the little yeah. things, you know. We can we can, you know, you know, freaking throw a parade about the wrestling nowadays but man i brian i think i've seen more wrestling matches than i think i've witnessed in a decade (laughs) i think i've seen enough wrestling matches that i can see throughout my lifetime like it's just listen i love good wrestling i love a good wrestling match but when you see the same sequences with the same people with no storyline no in-ring psychology no nothing besides of just good offensive movesets and good, you know, offensive spots, and you see it for not just from one person, but it's run of the muck because you see it from everybody. Because you see one suicide dive, you've seen them all. You've seen another Canadian destroyer, you've seen them all. I'm gonna be the old man on the block here, dude. I, I, I will, I will hold this grudge. The fucking super kick. I'm sorry, man. My generation, <laughs> Shawn Michaels, dude. It's that super kick. It, it, that it meant something. The, the, yeah, you know, warming up the band, right? Oh so, my god, music. yeah. It it just fucking meant something, and you know, I know it's silly, it's wrestling, it evolves, it's it's whatever, it's a move. But damn, man, damn, damn. Nah, man, it's it's, it's 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 these thanks. <laughs> yeah, this, the Uso. You could thank the Usos too. The Usos do it as well. Usos Many do. freaking other yeah. Uso. As much as everybody, I love the Usos, everybody. they they do it. Everybody, it's it's everybody, it's everybody, bro. You know, but but it's the but it has. It's just a move now. Yeah. yeah, it's that's the thing, bro. Like, and I get it. Like Shawn Michaels even mentioned it too. Like, you know, hey, it's good. It's good to see that my move is still being protected. That's really great to see. He spoke about it with it with Triple H and the Undertaker on some type of podcast or whatever. But freaking like, but still, yeah, man, yeah. like these moves, not just the wrestlers, bro, but like the moves don't even feel special anymore because everybody does it and everybody just fucking no sells it. It's like, oh, another super kick, then another super kick. Yeah. Oh, then another super yeah. kick. Then let's deliver a double super kick that will take him out on his feet. It's just like <laughs> enough, man. It's so fucking stupid. But anyway, we're going off the rails here. We could talk about super kicks and all that shit till the freaking cows I mean, come home. But let's honestly, and I know we're getting off but. I just gotta. I'll just throw this out here because yeah, I know we got to get back on topic. But I got, I got, I got six weeks of stuff, man. <laughs> but like seriously, the Young Bucks, right? Mm-hmm. And their most ridiculous match that you can think of. Like, how many times would you estimate the Young Bucks hit their opponent with either a super kick or a double super kick? I mean, I, I I'd estimate it's got to be fifteen to twenty times in a match. Oh, at least at least a, at least a good double digits, bro. A good double oh, yeah, digits. Yeah. Like <laughs> freaking, it's 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 a mess, dude. It's such every time I see a Young Bucks match, as much as I have respect for them, bro, I just shake my freaking head. Too. The Lucha, really the Lucha Bros, everybody, bro. I see them deliver super kicks, and I just shake my head. I say, what what has happened to this freaking business? Like, it's so, it is unbelievable. Just like, yeah, man, but oh, no doubt. The Young Bucks, bro, like they they deliver a good amount of 
10 to 15 on average, like a good oh, 10 to 15 super kicks right, per match, right. bro. It's, it's that yeah. high, but yeah, but let's, let's get back on topic, man. Like I said, we could talk about shit like that again. And so for this entire yeah, podcast, sure. but let's dive into, let's dive into AEW Cause there's some stuff to talk about with AEW here. Um, as collision, you know, collision, they had a big time main event this past Saturday, uh, yeah. involving MJF, and Kenny Omega. Now, of course, you guys know, you know, MJF, he's in a feud right now uh, with Jay White. They got a big match coming up for full gear, which is going to be in a couple weeks. Um, you know, Jay White against MJF for the the triple B, as freaking, you know, MJF would like to call it, man. So, so look, man, you know, listen, the thing is with, with Collision, right? And I listen, I understand when it comes to ratings as well, because I'm going to bring up the rating for, for Collision here. I get it, man. Saturday night, you know, there's a lot more stiff competition with with freaking with collision. And lately, you know, they've been pulling in roughly about 500 some odd thousand. Now, is that a high rating? No, it's not. But you know what? They're <laughs> but being on a Saturday night, it, it's 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 a positive. Context, it's good. Yeah. Ta- Tony yeah. Khan can take that 500 some odd and he could freaking run with it. Right. But then Tony Khan decided to really make a big gamble. He decided to put all of his chips into one basket and says, you know what? I want to really draw in. I want to draw in another 100, 150 some odd thousand for this collision. I want to reach 600, maybe even 700,000. And he put in MJF versus Kenny Omega. And now look, man, on paper and in your head, you're thinking – that's fun as shit. That is a really fun freaking main event, you know, title match to watch. And this was for the championship, by the way. And guys, not only did they not even pop in the rating from previous week, they lost viewers. So last week or the week previous on October 21st, they hit 518,000 viewers. This week went all the way down to 472,000. They've lost over 50,000 viewers just in one freaking week. So that's the thing, bro. And I'm and then that's the problem with with AEW and that's the problem with wrestling today, bro. It's just like cuz that's cuz here's the thing, dude, man. Like MJF versus Kenny Omega. Regardless of how people feel, right, about uh, about those two about those two individuals. Kenny Omega and MJF, you can arguably say without a shadow of a doubt that these two are the top stars of your industry, especially MJF. Yeah, yeah. And it sucks yeah. that, you know, Tough as five. as Top five, absolutely. Yep. And it's yep. and it sucks that like the ratings don't show that, especially for MJF, because that dude's just yeah. been that dude's just been freaking killing it. And it sucks that the ratings just don't back that up. But for that type of match, man, like, wouldn't you want to save that for a pay-per-view? Wouldn't you want to yeah. save that for a bigger fight feel? Cause now you just fucking wasted. Cause now the next time they f- they face on a pay-per-view, you're thinking, wait a minute. I just saw them go to war for 20 plus minutes on collision. What else do I need to freaking say? And that's that's the problem about wrestling nowadays. Sure, is it cool to give them a, a, a really cool title matchup every once in a blue moon? Absolutely. And that's what that, that's what I mean. Like you don't want to ram it into the dirt because you want it to still make it feel special. Every now and then you want a title match on your televised show, that's totally fine. But we've seen this over and over and over again. And now you have MJF and Kenny Omega to where down the line, you can save that, bro. You can save that to where it really, truly feels special. I mean, Kenny Omega, MJF, I mean, you can't, you can't F that up, bro. 
And listen, the poor rating, I'm not blaming it on MJF or Kenny Omega. Obviously, I'm no, not going to because no. they did their thing and and, and they did and what they good. were. It and it was good for man. what it was. But the problem is, yeah. is that, you know, was it worth it? Was the results yeah. of what you got from this show freaking worth it? And, and, and the, the answer is no. It's, it's just it's not because now you're, you're going to have to be like, well, snap. How am I going to have to now do triple 10 times the work to make this match special in the future when everyone else has already seen it? I did watch a match. I mean, I, I loved it. Um, but yeah, I hear what you're saying. I mean, that's, that's definitely for sure. Pay-per-view worthy. Um, the only thing I, if I can, you know, go off on a couple tangents here for, for real quick, the only thing I can say is where it might make sense is that I get the feeling at least with Omega in particular, right? I mean, he's, you know, we're, we're, we're past the, the CM Punk stuff, right? We're, we're, we're going forward. He's an EVP. I don't, and you know, he's got this thing with the Callis family and you know, all that stuff. I don't think Omega, at least in the real, you know, near future is going to be in the title picture per se. So as yeah. far as like a, a rematch or, or whatever with MJF, I, I don't even know if that's in the in the cards or if so, it's it's way down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, because here's where I think with MJF, man, and you know I was talking a little bit to you before we got on here. Um, just in the in the little bit of the week and a half, and and the clips that I've seen here while I've been gone, I, I really am liking the long term storytelling should it pan out that way or or at least the seeds that have been planted with so many different wrestlers throughout AEW and MJF in particular with you know he's in this thing with Jay White now and the whole Bullet Club of course you still got Adam Cole coming back sometimes Samoa Joe Wardlow uh that's Mm -hmm. if they do that right and they stop fucking with Wardlow that could be an awesome story um so all these different long-term story storytelling that, man, I'm, I, I like where I, I think and I hope they're trying to go with some of this. Um, so in that aspect, while I would have rather, you know, seen it, even if it's just a little month, you know, build to a pay-per-view or whatever, you know, I think it, it's, it's worthy of something like that. Um, but that being said, the match itself and Omega and MJF, look, MJF, um, if he hasn't proven the Dallas wrong by now, you're you're just not going to be convinced. I mean, the dude can wrestle any style. Like, if, if he needed to pull flips and dives out his ass, to some degree, he could do that. He could brawl. He could be technical. He could whatever. He's got more charisma and mic skills than arguably maybe Ricky Starks is somewhat close, but Mm -hmm. MJF's in a, in a, in a, in a category all his own right now. And the next 15 years, man, of course, God willing and health wise, the wrestling world is his, (laughs) you know, it just, it is, man. He's that damn good. Yeah, no, absolutely. That, that was, it's funny you mentioned, uh, like, and there's no doubt, like, MJF can wrestle any style. I think he's proven that. If, yeah. you, if you need to have him go out there to put on a 30, hell, uh, an Iron Man freaking yeah. type of match, he can freaking do it. If you need to have him just go out there for 10 plus minutes, he can freaking do that. There was one spot in the match where he did like a, 
I think it was like a some sort of like a backflip over the top rope, and the dude barely even cleared the rope. And like Kenny Omega had to like run up yeah. and and try to catch the dude. Now that was ugly. Now that was, or was close to being ugly, I should say. Like that sort of right. stuff, man. Like I get it. You, you want to showcase MGF and a little bit more of his wrestling, but like just stick to what he is truly just good at. You know, like don't make him like if he can't really if he can barely clear the rope and he almost freaking breaks his neck or whatever, and, and Kenny Omega has to rush in to catch him. Like to me. Don't do don't do the spot because that's just right. that really just did not look good. That was the only spot in the match that honestly just did not look good. Outside of that, I thought the match was freaking spot on. It just it sucks that yeah. we just had to waste that just for Tony Khan to try to pull in some viewers and it and he's even lost viewers. And I, I don't know if you've noticed this too, Brian, as we'll we'll get into dynamite to, to wrap up the show here, but you know, you've noticed like a trend. In regards to Tony Khan and what he does when it comes to his company. Oh, I got some. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so he adds in. So our, I think we can all state that Dynamite is his is the flagship show, right? Dynamite is yeah, like your right. legit show. So yeah. and, and, we, and I spoke about this when, in, in regards to the ratings war. It's like, dude, you've been in business for five freaking years. Why in the fuck are you adding Rampage? collision and all of this other shit. And you got this other, you know, you got ROH that you're trying to try to get people to watch. People even know, don't even know how to freaking watch ROH and people wonder why we don't give a shit about ROH because how do you fucking watch ROH? So you, you have that, you have rampage and collision. It's like the more that Tony Khan tries to produce, the more fans walk away. You know what I'm trying to say? It's just like he's trying to do so much in such a short amount of time, and he doesn't realize that it's only hurting himself, his company, and the talent. And that's just that's just what frustrates me because over the last two weeks, man, like you're right, and I've spoken very highly about it, Dynamite has shown good flashes of good storytelling, of actually of, – of, uh, maybe the show in full is not consistently – fluid but you see sparks of good storytelling like edge and christian which i'm gonna get to in just a second freaking uh freaking tony storm which i'm gonna get to in just a second like a lot of these people who are developing good characters developing good stories and it's so good to see but the problem is is the consistency of the show you know how consistent and how tuned are you really into the show from start to finish and that's tony khan's problem and that's what he needs to figure out before it's too freaking late. So, and it's, you know, it's just like, you know, and here's the thing when it comes to collision, right? Like the thing is, and he, here's the thing when it comes to collision, right? And, 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 you know, I, I want your, your input about this, Brian, is that Rampage, get rid of it. It's doing nothing. It's legit doing nothing on a Friday. It's like, bro, you already have SmackDown on Friday. Do you really think that people are going to be tuning into your show on a 10, a 10 o'clock on a Friday night? When they're probably worn out from watching two hours of SmackDown, like stop. And we wonder why the rating is so freaking low. Get rid of Rampage. It's doing nothing for your company. It's only hurting you. Put Collision up against SmackDown on Friday nights. Because what do you have to lose at this point? You can't get a low, Brian, you can't get a lower rating than Rampage has gotten That's th that they've only been drawing 300,000 semi viewerships. You can't get any worse than that. Put SmackDown and Collision head-to-head -head on Friday. 
get rid of Rampage and make AEW Dynamite your flagship show. Make that your main freaking priority because that needs to gain viewership now more than ever. So that's that's my gist in regards to AEW because AEW, I mean, you can tell guys too from the half-empty arenas, they're not selling that much, not that much tickets. I mean, it's clear as day from ticket sales. Like people are not showing up to these shows. There's a major problem. Yeah, let me start with Tony Khan, man. And and look, in all you know seriousness, man, I, I really you know am thankful for Tony Khan that he's in the wrestling industry because there are, as we see, you know, dozens potentially hundreds of wrestlers that we would otherwise not really have the opportunity to see or know or for them to go out there and do their thing. So on that basis, it, it's, it, it's good for business. It's, it's just having competition, having alternatives is good for any industry, I think, right? Tony Khan himself, man, I love you, bro. Seriously, I thank you for all you do. But this guy has like two modes. He is either like coked out maniac or <laughs> robotic to the point of creepiness, right? It's it's one of two. And there's uh, like yeah. in between. And I'm not saying that necessarily to knock it. Like, look, we, we got our strengths, we got our weaknesses, whatever. But maybe he just and it's it's his money, it's his show, it's whatever. I mean, he obviously can go tell me to fuck myself. Like, but maybe just put somebody better as a face to deliver this big message, this, cause it just, I, I can't think of a message or, or, or one of those instances that he's had, right. That, well, yeah, it's like, Oh, CM Punk's coming back or Wembley, you know, that's great. But what I come remember, come away remembering is that the whole thing was just done and sounded so awkwardly. Like that's, that's kind of what you're left with. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, it's and that's you know whatever, just nitpicking, but just maybe have, and and I'm not talking about a wrestler, like have you know, a even if it's Tony Schiavone, whatever, you know, I I don't know, but just don't do that, <laughs> stop. Um, and yeah, to your point of like having so many hands in the cookie jar, yeah, I I would tend to agree. Um, Obviously, you know, people work in different ways. You know, some people are workaholics and yeah, I'm working 24 hours a day. And by the way, cocaine will help with that. So just putting that out there. <laughs> um, but like, you know, think about AEW, right? You're, you're having three weekly shows. You have Ring of Honor. You have all these pay-per-views, sometimes that are like, just a week your like weekly show that is like a pseudo pay-per-view and then you're you'll have like a pay-per-view and then you'll have one two and a half weeks later and then another not another one for like five months and it's just so inconsistent and all over the map mm -hmm. that great like I, I i hope roh succeeds like you know yeah build that up build a star through there or you know whatever many stars but I think to, to think one person, and not that I'm saying Tony Khan is thinking he can do this all on his own, or maybe he is, I don't know. But the notion that one person can run all of this and all of this is going to succeed and be good on their own is just fucking nonsense. 
So I, I don't know what needs to be done there, but it's definitely a lot, a lot of stuff, and it's inconsistent. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's and that and that bears out in the ratings. You know, some some weeks you'll have seven hundred thousand, and then next week you'll have four hundred thousand. You know, mm-hmm. and that's uh, the thing. I, I also, even to your to your point about um, Rampage on Friday, right? Yeah, I agree. Just take make that a a developmental part of AEW, right? You maybe you don't see these people on TV, um, maybe very every so often, but make that a developmental part, right? And mm-hmm. you have your two shows, Rampage and Collision. You put yourself in a better position to where, yeah, are, are you gonna win the are you gonna win the battle? But with SmackDown, probably not. But you can't do any worse than what Rampage is doing right now. Put yourself in a better position to succeed. Put yourself head-to-head against SmackDown. Or Monday Night Raw. If you want to move it to Monday nights, that's totally fine. If you want to put it on Friday nights, that's fine. Because, Brian, the more I think we're just going to continue to keep collision on Saturday nights, the more it's probably going to end up just like what Rampage is right now. Because, yeah, it's because bro, yeah, like, I mean, there's times... Fade out. Ex- ex- exactly. It's gonna. It's it, it's just gonna at some point to where it's just gonna fade out. And I like Collision. I think Collision yeah, is honestly. I've spoke. We, we said it from the very first episode since it started. The show flows very well. I like the vibe. I like the the, the logo and like it's how it's. <laughs> I guess you could say it's like you know people say it's like a knockoff of like WCW whatever the fuck right. But right, still, right. It, it's it's a good vibe. You you feel some type of you know. I can't really say electricity because there's fucking nobody in there, but, <laughs> but, but the feeling of the gist of the show is good. And it, and you're better off with that than a, an hour of rampage that, that nobody's even tuning in a, at all. Like, it's just, it's, yeah. there's, you can't do any worse than what rampage is pulling in right now. Get rid of rampage takes collision off a, off a Saturday nights and go from there and, and put emphasis on your flagship show because you have got to get people to tune into that show man because that's what i don't get brian about tony khan you add all these shows but yet your flagship show can't even pull consistently 800 to 900 thousand viewership it's fucking right. weird like like, like what like do you fix this like get this steady first before you start right. adding right right I mean, exactly yeah. like what do you like what do you expect when your flagship show is heart is barely competing with NXT, right? Yeah. A- and you think that adding Collision and Rampage is just gonna just flip a switch? It's just it's so it's so odd. It's so freaking yeah. odd to me. But but that's the whole rating stuff. And again, you know, with MJF and Adam and Adam or or MJF I almost said Adam Cole, MJF and Kenny Omega. Um, it's just look decent match. I enjoyed it for what it was. It was fine. I just hate that the it of the result that it got in regards to how many people were actually watching the match live, right. you know, right. it like that yeah. just deserves, regardless of what the plans they may have for Kenny Omega, like Brian, you've spoken about earlier, like that's something that you just, you just don't waste on a televised show. Sure. You just, you just, you just sure. don't like you're, you're pumping up, you're placing that match to build up a, an MJF Jay white feud for, for full yeah. gear. Like, come on, bro. Like, let's let's be realistic here. This is MJF and Kenny Omega, bro. This is your two top stars in the company. What are we doing? 
It's just, it's so freaking, it's so bizarre. It's so freaking odd. But let's finish things off in this show with uh, with Dynamite. Um, as this won't be like a full review of Dynamite, I do want to talk a little bit of stuff here. Uh, the first thing I want to talk about, man, uh, is is Tony Storm. Tony Storm, man, and we've spoken about it. You know, Brian, me and you, we, we, we spoke about it last night. You know, just I... It's so good and refreshing to see Tony Storm and what she is doing with 100%. this new character, with this new gimmick. And I've spoken about it in the Ratings War episode when Dynamite was on Tuesday night head-to-head with, uh, with, with NXT. And they placed Tony Storm in this silent film. And it's in picture in picture, bro. I'm like, bro, the most entertaining part of the show, you have it in a picture in picture in commercial, bro. Put that on your main fucking, on the main screen on your show live. What are we doing? This is a great character. You want to, like, you get to see Tony Storm on this little tiny, little tiny screen on, in picture in picture. Bro, come on. And multiple times. Like, I don't, I don't know that they do it every time, but it's been multiple times where she's had this, you know, vignette, silent movie, whatever. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck she's doing, but it's entertaining as fuck. <laughs> like it's she's doing all this like I mean obviously it's 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 like a throwback to like silent films and it's black and white. So obviously you get the gist of the character and she's right. doing all this dancing stuff, it's black and white, the subtitles that come up uh, up on the on the screen as well. Like it's it's freaking good and she's killing it. She's gelling into it. Yeah. Showcase that yeah. man. You like especially in a women's division, bro. That has been so irrelevant. It's just like nobody on that women's roster. Maybe if you want to, you know, maybe mention a Jade Cargill and a Britt Baker. Every okay, you know, more I guess fair enough, right? But still, man, every other female wrestler has nothing in that company, and Tony Storm was one of them with that whole yeah. so with that whole freaking. What is it? The the outcast or whatever that group was called. I think they're still called the outcast, by the way, with Ruby Soho and Soraya. Like that yeah. group was doing absolutely nothing. They weren't. It's like it's it's kind of similar the way I talk about the Judgment Day. They're not doing anything. They're not doing anything to captivate you. They just spray paint everybody like they're trying to be a Walmart version of NWO. It's just like but but now you give Tony Storm this new gimmick that it works for her. And she's gelling in it so well. And and you know what the most important thing is, Brian? People are enjoying it. And people, people want to see more. And yet people are connecting and people want to see more of it. Yep. Give us more Tony Storm, man. And it seems like they're, we're going to get Sheeta and Tony Storm, I guess, for for the said title. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Brian. I, th- I believe Sheeta is the is the champion right now, if, if, if I'm not mistaken. She is the AEW Women's yeah, yeah, Champion. She is the champ. So, yeah. so that's the thing. So if she just won this championship, so are you going to give this title back to Tony Storm? And that's the thing about this title, man. It's just yep. the prestige of yep. it. And now you're going to maybe you're thinking about jumping this title back to Tony Storm. It's just that's the thing, man, about the consistency of this product. It's still inconsistent. As good as Tony Storm has been. You still got a lot of major issues that you got going on right now. You know, is throwing Tony Storm right away in this title feud with Sheeta truly worth it? You know, like why not put her in there with somebody that needs a good feud? 
Hell, Britt Baker. What has Britt Baker done since she's lost the AW Women's Championship not too long ago? Fucking nothing. Like, freaking what else? A freaking, I, I don't know. <laughs> like, Brian, help me out here. Like, with these other women in these in this division. I don't know. Well, Scott. I was going to say, like, has, and, you know, I've been away for a bit. Like, has there ever, has the Outcast and, and, um, Tony Storm, have they settled? You know, I mean, she just left the group. You know, there was the whole breakup. Yeah, there was the matches. So there was so so there was the match that there was the match at freaking all in the fatal four way women's match that was like where you slowly start to saw the 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 transition or the separation between the two. I think Tony Storm has faced um, Ruby Soho in a match. Maybe I'll have to go back and do my research about that, guys. That's how irrelevant this women's division is, bro. I can't even fucking remember, but. Her already but being I, involved in the championship, it's just, I just don't yeah. think it's needed right now. Like, this is a fresh new character. Spe- Let it again, breathe. With the care- yeah, with the character, she's, look, like, tell me you're going to shoot yourself in the foot without telling me you're going to shoot yourself in the foot. Like, that's what you're doing with Tony Storm here. Mm-hmm. Like, she is, everything you said, she's created this character, she's, she's, evolving it and coming into her own there's you an organic slow exactly. build of, of fans connecting to it and you put this shit in picture in picture <laughs> the fuck not to mention as we both have said many times over like you take a an undertaker a bray wyatt uh a razor ramon um you know a, a sting of uh, a character driven person you don't have to immediately put the title on them. Let her work this character. Right. We're in the picture in general. Like it's weird. So, but I love what she's absolutely. I'm with you. I love, I love what she's doing. I love this character. Um, Just goddamn. Like, let us fucking see what the guy you're shoot. You're, you're putting this time and money and energy to shoot this vignette to make, however much it costs. You know, I don't know. And then you put it in picture, picture. What, What the fuck? Uh, you know, yeah. I it's... guess when you got that money to burn, I guess it don't matter. <laughs> I guess, bro. I guess. Um, so the next thing, man, um, and we haven't really spoken about this at all, has been uh, Edge and Christian and, and what they're doing, uh, right? Or Adam Copeland. I'm still gonna call him freaking Edge, bro. I, I don't I give know, a fuck. I, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't give a fuck. I'm still gonna call to. him. It's hard not to, right? I'm still gonna call yeah. him Edge. Um, but yeah, man. Like, I mean, ever since like the very first, I guess you can say, you know few or segments that they were involved with in regards. I mean, I know he debuted at wrestle dream and he came in, he interfered right. after the match between Darby and I believe it. Yeah. Darby and uh Christian. And that was the post-match stuff. And then like the story that you're building with edge in regards to man, like I came back because I want to tag team with my best friend. I want to go off into the sunset teaming with my best friend one last time. And now, you know, freaking Christian is now turned into this freaking douchebag, this freaking turtleneck wearing douchebag. And so and pretty much good. the gist is like, so dude, hey, yeah, bro, for real. Christian, I, I've said it, I've said it so many times, bro. He is legit the bright spot, the major bright spot in, in AEW yep. television right now. It's not even freaking close. And I'm and that includes MJF. And I love MJF, but Christian is that freaking guy right now, seriously. Um Can't but apps, yeah, absolutely. I mean. So with, with Christian, man, so like that's, and I love the way it's being portrayed. It's like, dude, okay. So you're coming back and you're want to tag team with me. Like you, you know, I have, I'm the best 
that I've ever looked right now. I got all this steam. I got all this momentum. And you think that you can just come in here to just, just, just shut all of that down because you just want to tag team with me. It's like, go fuck yourself. Like you said in that, that freaking segment, bro, that was free. <laughs> the look on edge's face was priceless, bro. It, it was yep. freaking, it was fantastic. Um, and just, yeah, man, I love that there hasn't been that much physicality into it. Um, now I know he speared the shit out of him last night. I would have done the spear. I would have maybe saved the spear and that like anticipation in whenever they do face one-on-one. Um, I don't mind the six man tag because I truly believe that it's not going to be your tr- you know, traditional six man tag. Like you see with the bucks and the freaking Lucha bros. No, there's going to be a lot of storytelling placed into that, right. into that freaking matchup. You know, Christian's going to do his thing, trying to stay away from edge as possible. And then that's going to be, Even they're going to obviously Darby and uh, Wayne, you know, Darby and yeah, yeah Darby and, and Nick Wayne. Yeah. You know, honestly, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm not really that into than what I'm, been watching in regards to Christian and Edge. I think that no, the I Christian mean, Edge thing. Storytelling part of it. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, you you also yeah. got like that on the side, like Nick Wayne and Darby's relationship. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um. So yeah. So obviously they they're gonna like continue to tell that story within the six man tag match to have that at full gear. Like, I don't, I don't know. I think you can just place that on a dynamite show, and I think it would still do no harm, no foul. Um, to place that in, in on a pay-per-view, I don't know. That That's just, that's the only like little gripe I have with it. Uh, but I understand why they're doing it because again, you know, Edge and Christian, that they're, edge of, they're on the, <laughs> the edge of their careers, the end of their careers. So they're going to be placed in these tag matches and they want to save, you know, some suspense when they do face each other one-on-one. So I get where, where they're going with it. And I just hope that they just don't do too much to where, you know, when they do really get their hands on one another to where edge is just like, all right, bro, like you're, you're threatening that you're going to snap my neck. You're bringing up my children, bro. It's just like, I wouldn't have had that much physicality. I wouldn't have done the spear. I would have saved the spear to when maybe they face each other one-on-one or something. And then you deliver that spear. That's like the final blow. And maybe edge goes over and wins the match or something. I don't know. I don't know if that's where they're probably going with it, but that's just, I would have saved the spear within that moment. Like, oh, like he just, he, he had no hesitation. He, he speared his best friend. Like, you know, I would have obviously done a turn to where, okay, my hands are tied. Now I gotta, I, I gotta, I gotta beat your ass now. But I, but I would do it within very minimal physicality, you know? So, but still the whole segment that was portrayed last night, I didn't mind it at all. The six man tag, you know, I'm 50, 50 in regards to placing it on a pay-per-view, but still, man. The way that they've been doing stuff, it's been a big bright spot, and I just hope they they continue it, bro. And this and the way that they the way that they got going, the stuff that they got going on right now. So, Brian, your thoughts, bro? What do you think, Edge and Christian, bro? Talk to me, man. I, I am so excited, just Edge and Christian in the same company again. I'm seriously like this. It, it just in my opinion, you know, like you you alluded to it. I mean, you know, they got couple years left maybe at, at, at the at the top you know again god willing um but you know we've talked about and i've talked about how much of a fan i am of long story telling you know long-term storytelling edge and christian have this organic real life actual friendship to draw back on of 20 years tag teams the brood individual runs 
all of it, injuries, all of that stuff, right? And it's going to be goddamn beautiful. Like, seriously, like this, because I think we all pretty much know how this is ultimately going to end. To some right. Degree. Like, they're eventually, mm-hmm. yes, they're going to have their one on one. Hopefully, you know, storybook ending. And, and I think this is probably the goal to somewhat, to some degree, too. They will come back together as a tag, go out tag champions, or you know, losing and then go out, what, however that may play out. But I think ultimately that's that's where we're going. Um, and I'm here for for all of it, man. Because it's like I gotta tell you, just these two guys and with this much experience, and you could say. To me, Christian is one of arguably the most underrated wrestlers in the history of wrestling. I, I really think that like he, he has done so well in so many different variations. Um, so I think having the, the creative freedom that generally you hear most wrestlers have within AEW, and then having these two guys, you know, uh, being allowed to do what they want to do for the most part and draw what they know how, man, it's going to be awesome. Um, like, I, I really think other than maybe outside the bloodline and how that ultimately plays out, like, this next year or two, like, this is probably going to be my favorite story, this Edge Christian, you know, w- whatever it is. So, yeah, I, I love I, just everything since he's debuted. Um, really, I, I like where they're going. And, and I, I hope... You know, as much as I want to see that Edge Christian match, and we know it's coming, like, I, I hope it's, I mean, I'd be okay with it if they could stretch it out another, like, four to six months, honestly. If, if there's some way to 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 navigate that that long, uh, you know, I, I hope they go for that. But, you know, we'll see. But as of right now, man, yeah, that's, uh, I'm loving everything they're doing with that. And even, you know, Sting's involved. I know it's like a, a little it's not going to be part of the long-term story, but Sting's involvement in, in it right now. Like, yeah, I'm digging that too. So yeah, really good, man. Yeah. That would be a stretch to do to definitely stretch this out for maybe another five to six months. I mean, cause the next big pay-per-view is what it would be a W revolution. That's the thing with a W. I don't even know, man. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Yeah. No, cause that, cause I think, cause uh, the, the, at least from where I'm looking at it, right. You have, you have full gear, which is November 18th. I'm looking at it right now. You then have the whole winter is coming. That's like their weekly pay-per-view that they do. Winter is coming. That's going to be sometime, I guess, within the middle of December. December then yeah. you have AW Holiday Bash. They do like that Holiday Bash near like Christmas time or whatever. Then they have a show called World's End, which is December 30th, uh, which is obviously two days before the new year. So maybe I guess. So, that's what I mean. so they got like three, like coming up just in December, they have kind of like three or a pay-per-view, a pseudo pay-per-view, and then like a theme show. It's just too fucking much. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's, it, it's a lot. It's a lot of mini pay-per-views, a lot of weekly pay-per-views. Yeah. yeah. And, and then, yeah, then, then there's like, there's new year's smash. There's a pit, there's a mid, like a mini pay-per-view called new year's smash that they do on a dynamite show. Um, and then, yeah, you're going to have Col- uh, AEW Revolution, which I believe is, I don't know the exact date. I don't have, uh, I don't have that in my notes here. I believe that's going to be sometime in February or March. So, I mean, 
if they can, so Brian. March, I mean, like four, yeah, four months. Maybe. I mean, yeah, I mean, if, if they can, bro. And again, do I do I trust that they can do that? I don't. <laughs> I'm just See, I'm that, being honest with you I'm now. Hoping, I'm hoping that Edge and Christian control control, right? control it right. Yeah, let let them right. tell their own story and maybe try to right. draw this out to where it can progress and you can put that at a big pay per view stage. Because honestly, Brian, like if. If it's up to me, as I'm sure to a lot of people, like a weekly pay per view is not going to cut it. You, you can't no, you can't no, put Edge and no, Christian no, on a on a no, New Year's no. Smash, a Winter's Cup, like bro. No, what, whatever AEW, whatever the the WrestleMania equivalent in AEW is, yeah, that's where you do Edge and Christian. Absolutely, yeah, no no doubt. Um, so we'll yeah. see, man. I mean, we'll see. They they got a good thing rocking right now. It just hopefully continues yeah. to catch steam. I mean, I love Edge, so I'm gonna tune in, tune in as I know a lot of or people love Adam Edge. Copeland. So, uh, Adam Copeland, right? Adam I know, Copeland I know. I don't give a fuck, Brian. I'm gonna call him Edge, bro. Adam Copeland, <laughs> Edge, freaking, you know, I uh, just freaking Edge. I'm gonna call him freaking Edge, as I know a lot of people just call him Edge. But Adam Copeland, I guess I gotta, I guess I gotta get used to that. But but let's get into our final uh, final discussion, and then we'll we'll end things here. Uh, well, let's talk about MJF, man, and this whole uh, this whole feud that he's got rocking with with. Uh, with the Bullet Club Gold and Jay White. Now, obviously, there's this little twist with this whole masked person, you know, the person that has attacked Jay White backstage. It's been a burden to his reputation. You know, MJF, he's trying to be, you know, this this good person now. He's pretty much a full baby face now. I mean, we're seeing it tenfold now. Oh, yeah, he's yeah. legit the baby face of the company, the, the baby face Bro, of the they, company. If you got them cheering a goddamn kangaroo kick... If you got them cheering a kangaroo kick, you're a babyface. <laughs> <laughs> right. Absolutely. And frick and the double clothesline and stuff with Adam Cole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But um so yeah, man. I mean, look, I I love the cliffhanger when it happened when Jay White was attacked backstage. That is something that AEW has been truly lacking a lot lately, is cliffhangers. We just have a really good match. And we just go off the air. It's like, no, bro, you got to give us more than that, bro. Make us want to watch AEW Dynamite next week. Well, they did that a couple weeks ago with that whole little twist. Who's this person behind the mask? Is it MJF? Is it Adam Cole? Is it somebody else that's going to come out of the woodworks? Who freaking knows? Um, I know there's speculation about Jungle Boy. I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, it, it makes sense because of his stature. I get it because obviously the person is not that big of a dude. So I can understand why maybe people think it's Jungle Boy is, you know, Jungle Boy has been suspended. Uh, well, he's well legit been suspended from yeah, Tony Khan yeah. after that whole situation with CM Punk. Um, so, yeah, could it be Jungle Boy? Sure. Would I be fond of it? I would be 50-50 with it, honestly. But But getting back into this, man, you know, it's just been, it's just, it was just refreshing, Brian, like really refreshing of a dynamite show to go off the air in that fashion. And, but then you had this week, right? And it's just like, you had this week to where things were just kind of all over the place, especially with the acclaimed, you have MJF, and now he's trying to find some partners because Adam Cole's on the shelf. You got Bullet Club Gold. And guys, I shit you not, MJF was pinned last night. MJF was legit pinned in the middle of the ring by Jay White. What? What? Why? Why the fuck? Why the fuck are we doing that? What, what? Why are we having the world champion getting pinned, bro? Like, I just it doesn't make freaking sense to me, Brian. I I can't stand champions getting pinned 
on a weekly show. I, I, I can't stand it. This dude's been, this dude's held the title for 300 plus days and he gets pinned so simplistically in the middle of the ring by Jay White. It's just like he pins the champion and now what? He's going to pin him for the title now this this upcoming pay-per-view, you know? And then not only that, he pinned him in the ring. He laid him out. He's taken his title, right? He didn't get the title back. He didn't get the victory, but he got to scissor with the acclaimed. What, what the right, f- right. Wh- wh- Who in the fuck thinks that this made MJF look good at all? I get it. Like it's it's sort of a comedic shtick. It's, it's entertaining to a stuff, but it's like, dude, at some point, like you're gonna ha- like, what sense does it make for a guy that's taken your championship, that's running up the rampway, and like, oh gosh, darn it, he's outside of the ring. I can't do anything about that because you know W or AEW loves the stare downs between the ring and the fucking rampway. Like, I can't get out of the ring, so I'm just going to scissor with the acclaimed. Forget that he just took my title. He has my freaking title. Forget that anyone else, like, executives from AEW want to acknowledge that Jay White has a title that's not even his. And you can tell the story beautifully with that. No one's even acknowledging that. It's like, bro, this is not your championship. You're going to get your opportunity at full gear. Give the title back to freaking MJF. It's just like, forget that there's a devil that's that's you know hardening your your reputation uh, of right. pretending to be like you. I'm gonna scissor with the acclaimed. I, what did that accomplish? And like he gets pinned, he looks like a weak geek. It's just yes. Is it entertaining because of the scissor? I, I guess, man. Listen, I, I've spoken about the acclaimed. I do. I like the acclaimed. They're holding on the trios titles and they're not doing anything with them. That tells you how irrelevant the trio's titles are. We're just throwing them in with this whole world title shtick. It's just, I, I just, I didn't understand. I just didn't understand it. Like to me, like this really took a yeah. step backwards, not saying like the storyline is ruined or anything. I'm just saying that this, it regressed in one week. It truly regressed and it just did not, it didn't go anywhere. You know, it just, it really didn't. I mean, you had freaking Adam Cole, and Roderick Strong talking backstage, and then you had the camera cut to the devil mask. So you may have a slight intrigue in there. Okay, that's 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 fair to say. But with MJF, man, it's just like he gets pinned, and he's trying to find a partner backstage. And I like that, right? He's trying to find a partner. You really put energy into that. He's trying to find – he goes to Samoa Joe. He goes to Kenny Omega's locker room. He's you know conflicting with himself. And then he runs into the acclaimed. He's like, all right, I don't like you, Max. I think you're fucking weird, but I'm going to, I'm going to tag with you tonight. And then all of that buildup to where he finally finds partners is just to scissor with them. Yeah. I, when, when there's supposed to be a bigger story with Jay White, with his championship, it just, it, it's so odd to me. Um, I just don't feel like it gotten, it progressed at all. doesn't mean that I don't, I'm not into, this matchup coming up, I just wish we just could have done more for NJF and we didn't make him look like a fucking geek. <laughs> that's 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 it, man. But but Brian, unless unless Brian, you have a different perspective, man. Your your thoughts in regards to um, at least from what you were able to see um, from the six man tag and MJF trying to find a partner as we wrap up the show here. Your your thoughts in regards to that? Yeah, just as far as the whole show in general, like I really do like the amount. Um, I, I don't think it was too much. I, I think it was. I, at least specifically for last night, I think it was well done. You had the, 
you had Adam Cole, you know, backstage on the TV. You had that backstage segment. You had Omega, Jericho, and the Bucks. Um, MJF was backstage. Um, you know, find, you know, trying to find, you know, partners. Hit the interaction with Wardlow. Mm-hmm. So all, like I said, the long-term storytelling and all of those things. I love. Yeah, that. it's um, there. But specifically this match, I'm kind of with you. Like, you know, Bullet Club Gold is, you know, what what are they, right? They're supposed to be like this this vicious, you know, they'll beat you down, the numbers game, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. And I'm not shitting on the acclaimed. I like the acclaimed. But if MJF is going after, you know, Jay White and, and the Bullet Club or whatever, I don't know. To me, the acclaimed just isn't the right group of people, you know, in, in this yeah. scenario, if that yeah. makes sense. Because uh-huh. um, you're, 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 again, you're trying to take this serious aspect of the Bullet Club gold and beating you down and stealing your title. And then, like you said, like this, this whole payoff of, hey, let's just scissor. <laughs> it's entertaining. Right. <laughs> right. It's, but, yeah, it's funny, but it's just like, what did, like, what did that really do? It's just like, so all of that, that the story that you told with MJF, he's backstage, he's like, ah, oh, I'm trying to find a partner, which is great. But all of that was just a scissor with the acclaimed. Like, what the fuck? Right, when you have, right. when your challenger has your fucking championship up at the rampway. Like, I don't understand how that's making him like the old MJF would say, like, nah, fuck that. I'm about to go get my championship. Maybe chase after freaking Jay White, chase him after him backstage. He gets into a getaway vehicle and he runs off with his championship. Like, do some shit like that. Don't just oh, he's got my title, but I'll just scissor with the acclaim instead. That sounds fun right now. Like, what the fuck? I will say, at least it provided the opportunity that, and I'm going to misquote it, but like Billy Gunn, you can kind of hear he's like, you know, Stop being an asshole and just scissor him. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, freaking Bowens on Twitter was like, thank you for scissoring, my friend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just so, like, oh, my again, God. Listen, I mean, it's, oh, it's man. not the worst thing that could happen. I just don't feel I guess, like yeah. the story. right right yeah so i mean we'll see man like again we got full gear i'm sure we'll talk a lot about that coming up soon um and then yeah you had paul white freaking i just i don't i just don't understand that shit bro bro like so jericho and we just talked about this too as we wrap things up here man you know jericho i think he and and i didn't see the full promo of what he said but i believe it's like oh we, we got like someone that's just as big as will hobbs or something along those lines in fact he's a giant yeah. In fact, he's a giant, right? And you bring out Paul White, bro. It's just like, okay, listen, I don't know if maybe this is something that Tony Khan is wants to do for Paul White to give him a send-off. Maybe this will be like his last wrestling match or his last go-around. But like, yeah, yeah, but it's just, I, 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 okay, I get that to an extent, but it's just like, bro, what about everyone else in your locker room? Like Paul White, like it's just so it's so out of left it's so out of left field. You bring in Paul White, the Big Show, who hasn't wrestled in God knows freaking how long, right? You have a guy like Keith Lee. You want a giant? You want a big freaking strong dude? Keith Lee is your dude. Like, what has Keith Lee been doing right now? Miro. I mean, Miro is uh, yeah. I think he's been he's been mainly been portrayed as a face lately since he's came back. So why not freaking Miro? I, I just it's so. 
It's so freaking odd, right? Lance yeah. Archer. I mean, Lance Archer has been mostly a heel. Like, where the fuck is Lance Archer at, bro? Where are these people, bro? But no, nah, like we, bro, we went from, we went from CM Punk, right? They're trying to grab ratings with Punk, and now we got Paul White, dude. We got Paul White teaming with Jericho, and fucking was. I, I don't even know who's even taming with Jericho. I don't even want to even. I I can't even bother to care. But with ta- basically it's, teaming uh, up with Jericho. Mega. Omega Jericho. Omega Jericho and and Paul White. That's right. Omega Paul White and Jericho against the Don yeah, Callis yeah. family. Like guys, come on, bro. Like can we can like can we do better, bro? If even if you're a if even if you're a big show fan, whatever whoever you are that's watching this, bro. Like can we do better? Like you can't tell me we can't do better than the fucking big show than Paul White. Much love to Paul White, bro. He's done tremendous stuff in his career. And it's a shame that Vince McMahon yeah, had to give him absolutely. that name, the big show. Like, bro, like looking back at it, bro, like like really thinking about it now, like the big show, like how seriously can I take you when your name has been the big show? Like, come on, dude. <laughs> it's it's just like, I don't know. That's yeah. just it's fucking weird. But yeah, man, that's just that's what I mean, and that's the that's the gist about the show, man, as good as there has been in regards to storytelling, because it is there. MJF, freaking, you know, Edge and Christian, it's there. But consistently, man, AEW still has a lot of issues. And you see it within their arenas. You see it within their ticket sales. Jim Cornette exposed them freaking on Twitter not too long ago about it, by the way, how nobody wants to show up to these freaking shows. Like it's it's yeah. noticeable. And it's and it's bad. Yeah, freaking Jim Cornette even exposed their ass too about it. I know Jim Cornette, his shtick lately has been about, you know, his shtick, at least from other people's perspective, is like, oh, he just hates AEW, which he kind of does. Jim but- Cornette is always, and I mean, I can remember him in his heyday. I mean, that that's his dude. He's he's a cranky dude, man. Like, he's going <laughs> to bitch about something. I know, right. I mean, some of the things I agree, he has a point. He, he He's not wrong. But yeah. in general... He's just a cranky motherfucker. <laughs> right. But he wasn't wrong in regards to what what's right, AEW right. situation is right now. So, and like I said, man, it's it's noticeable. It's very, very noticeable with AEW. And again, man, it's something that Tony Khan has to figure out really fucking quickly. Or this ship yeah. is going to completely sink straight to the fucking bottom before it, before it's too late, bro. So... But there's still there's still a chance. But Tony Khan has to get out of his own ways, right? Don't make an announcement about that. There's ticket sales that there you can you can you can buy tickets for for AEW All In in a month when you could have just tweeted that on your fuck on your Twitter account, right? Like you made you made that, that's the thing, bro. It's like <laughs> I know I'm going off the rails here, but like, dude, you you make an announcement about ticket sales coming up in a month. That wasted what about sixty seconds, Brian? You know what I can do in a wrestling show that could that I think because then it went into the uh, who was with them? Uh, Nigel McGuinness was Nigel McGuinness. Like what? Probably maybe what? Like about ninety seconds, right? Yeah, couple minutes, Brian. You know what? Me and you could probably do in a wrestling show for several fucking minutes to develop freaking these characters and these wrestlers, bro. But no, man, we gotta we gotta tell people that you know you can buy wrestling tickets for all in in a month, right? Let's 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 waste up. A good several minutes because, well, shit, this show, we have nothing in this show. Let's just waste a couple minutes talking about tickets and how you could buy tickets. Yeah, because, you know, (laughs) it's, oh, my goodness. But, yeah, man, it's AW as much as, you know, listen, I know we talk a lot of crap about AW, but we've also been very 
heavily or very high on AEW, especially recently with all, again, the way they've been telling stories and such. I got to say, in all, in all honesty, man, and I, I've said this, you know, f- from the time CM Punk came back, I'm a huge fan of CM Punk. The difference is fucking noticeable. I mean, just in the, I mean, what's it been? Three months now, four months? Yeah. I, I'm not quite sure, but the I think difference it's, is noticeable, man. And, and yeah. look, whether... Whether he's right or wrong in some of the things he's saying or, or whatever, the industry evolves and moves on. And if the majority of the people in those locker in that locker room like operate a different way now, you got to get on board with that, man. Like they they yeah. they're not and they're they don't aren't obligated to you to do shit your way. And you I'll can take it. Roll with it and grow. Or, or I'll not. take it a it's, step. It's I'll, been good. So, yeah. Know. I'll take it a step further, Brian. I don't think this company has been the same since Cody Rhodes left. Like it's been a major weird change since Cody Rhodes has left. Like, I mean, yeah, me too. For CM Punk, I mean, okay, maybe to a degree, but for Cody Rhodes, bro, at least like how this show has felt like this show hasn't been the same three to four years ago when Cody Rhodes left that company. And it's, it's noticeable, dude. It really is. Um, It's just, yeah, man, it's very, it's it's noticeable of how just exposed Tony Khan and this company is, and they got to figure it out, man. Not just within their shows, but just just everything. You know, getting people to show up to these arenas, ticket yeah. sales, everything. And if Tony Khan doesn't get out of his own ways, then this ship is going to sink very very freaking quickly. So. But that's going to do it, man. That's going to do it for today's show, everybody. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Brian, it's so good to have you back, my man, back on yeah, the show. Yeah, as back. we are yep. we are going to be in a full-on freaking road straight to freaking Crown Jewel. As Crown Jewel is this weekend, we got Survivor Series coming up. Of course, we have the Survivor Series roundtable that we announced early on in the show. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that. And of course, stay tuned for Crown Jewels Review, which is going to be this weekend. That is the good, the bad, and the ugly. And a lot more good stuff coming your way. We'll have the Survivor Series uh, Review later on this month. And then we are straight into WrestleMania season. We're also approaching our one-year anniversary on this platform. I can't believe it's been close to a freaking year already. Uh, As time freaking flies by when, when, when you're having fun, am I right? So... Uh, but yeah, we'll we'll have a very special, uh, very special episode for that one year anniversary coming up, which will be uh, in 2024, the very first week of January. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that. That'll be a brand new season of this podcast. But a lot of good stuff coming your way, man, with WrestleMania season right around the corner. Uh, AW Full Gear. You got AW Revolution coming up in March in 2024. That's going to be Sting's last match. You know, freaking Brian. I know much you as a lot of people love Sting Dude, as he's on his retirement right. tour. I know, man. Yeah. I know. I know. Trust me. Trust me. Um, that's going to be very emotional. I know for 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 most for most people that have seen Sting for ever, you know, in his career, and, that's going to be the, his final event. The the opponent hasn't been in it. We don't know who he's wrestling yet. Though, no, right? no, not yet. Yeah, no, yeah, okay. honest. No, we haven't. Yeah. We don't know who his opponent is yet, and you know, and we'll we'll probably know maybe not until yeah, the end of this calendar year, uh, but yeah, it'll be. Probably. But who knows? I mean, is it going to be a singles match? Is it going to be a tag match? It's it's, it's probably going to be some type of tag match. Because, I mean, the dude is 60-plus years old. Are they really going to put him in a singles match? Who knows? Maybe they freaking do. Just, I have... I'm joking. I'm just joking here. But, look, him and Flair in a tag match. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> Come on! Oh, <laughs> <more> my God. <laughs> 
Bro, can oh, you please. bro? Can you I, I imagine? Love, oh my god, iconic wrestlers. I love both of them. Oh, don't ever try that. Can please. you fucking, dude? Can you imagine that? Oh my god, Rick Flair. Uh, <laughs> both are like. Well, Flair is like almost in his seventies now, right? I, like I he's would honestly. The 80s he's got to be oh so no so i'll say even 80s be. i'll say yeah yeah i was gonna say right so well, oh I mean, my he, god he's man. gotta be i would say he's over 75 or at least 75 yeah i was gonna say i would say like but, late 70s that's what i meant by 70s yeah, like late yeah, yeah, 70s yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah oh my god man can you fucking imagine but that bro, shit? you know Jesus what in all honesty as much as I'd lo- i would love those two i i would refuse to watch that match there, there's no way i, I, I could <laughs> Oh my dude, that's a disaster waiting to happen, bro. Oh my god, man. Jesus yeah. Christ. You, you painted know, a really bad picture in everybody's and, and, heads. <laughs> no, I say this and and this as as fucked up as we may think it, it is, it would make total sense. But I, I believe if I'm correct, Ric Flair did say, like, you know, he's his life is wrestling. Like, you know, he's he's unfortunately had you know left his actual family behind in pursuit of wrestling if he died in the ring that would be okay with him (laughs) yeah you know what i mean absolutely so i mean jesus christ like don't that that might actually happen you know (laughs) oh my god dude freaking that would be wild rick just just right your time, go drink, go smoke with Snoop Dogg, right? Make your raps or your commercials. Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Man. Right, right. Good Lord, man, you can only imagine. <laughs> Jesus, but thank you right. guys once again for uh, for tuning into this episode. Of course, as always, make sure you guys go follow us on our social medias. Make sure you guys follow us on Instagram and TikTok. That is ruthless underscore talk. Uh, we have gained so many freaking followers and you know viewers from TikTok as we are well over a thousand freaking members, a thousand followers on that platform as Very we are nice. still, we're still at around a 900 some odd uh, for Instagram. So again, man, want to thank everybody for following those platforms. Uh, just being a part of this community, man, is again, we're just getting started. This is just the beginning. If you are a wrestling fan, man, spread the word, man, spread the word, tell them that this is the place to be. So make sure you guys stay tuned for some more professional wrestling chaos to come. And that is going to do it for today's episode, everybody. Until next time, and there will be a next time. My name is James Porcelli. I'm Brian Thomas. And your boys are signing off saying salute. Peace out. And take care, everybody. I thank you.